Scott and Paul Show, episode 50, Scott. So, hey, hey. Hey, how's your face? Running into brain mode lately? No, thankfully I did not. I uh, I don't want any concussions. Well, I think Liv Morgan is doing a little bit better than Telltale doing right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, nobody's going to pick uh, Telltale up <laughs> and drag him across the ring for a suplex, right? Yeah. Um... I don't know how to do this. Um, okay, basically, I just got these bulletin points off of the story from Variety, so... Um, Scott, you just want to go ahead and just read these bulletin points as they are? Yeah, uh, the Brie Bella, right? No, the uh, Telltale. Oh, you're up to Telltale? Okay, I thought yeah. we were still talking about the t- Brie. No, we'll do that last. <clears throat> All right, so shockingly, Telltale Games shut down. Uh, 250 employees laid off, majority studio closure uh, on the 21st of September, three days before the release of the season, second episode of the last season of The Walking Dead. Uh, they... Apparently, Lionsgate had pulled funding at some point recently. Um, after initially investing a reported $40 million in 2015, uh, there was a Stranger Things project uh, game from the Netflix series that was being built. Apparently, in limbo or on scrapped completely. And they were bringing an existing Minecraft game to. Netflix, that was also stopped. Employees did not get much notice. Uh, They had a staff meeting on Friday afternoon and were told that you're done and you have 30 minutes to vacate the building and your paychecks will be – or they issued them paper paychecks. The email system was shut down and there was no severance pay and their insurance would last through the end of the month. Uh, They were encouraged to apply for unemployment. And apparently, since the backlash of that, they are now going to host a job fair. <laughs> That's so useful. Um, employees had an idea that times were hard, um, but they probably thought there would be a backer. I mean, they do have a lot of high-profile projects that are fairly well-reviewed. So you're probably thinking, eh, we'll be all right. Um, but then everybody got put on the chopping block in a single day. So, yeah, that's that's nuts. Uh, the third episode of Walking Dead is extremely close to being finished, and the fourth and final is still very rough. Uh, the official Twitter account noted that what remained of the company was in talks with several potential partners about wrapping up and delivering the final episode of the final season. And that, yeah, I mean, Telltale Games probably too much it's probably market saturation like you were talking about earlier uh they're just they're everywhere maybe just too many projects i mean this is crazy i would have thought i would never have imagined they would be in trouble yeah 274 people and you let go of 250 yeah and 
two it says here that two companies specifically backed out saying that it was in fact AMC and Smilegate. Well, if AMC's backing out, what are the odds that Walking Dead gets finished? Probably not good. No. No, this yeah, I'd be I'd I would say it's uh very unlikely that they finish that series. If AMC was one of the ones that pulled out. Well, this is the thing. Why would you go to a different company and not hire your own people back? Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. Especially after the way you're treating them. You guys, you got 30 minutes to get the hell out. Yeah, oh, I I misspoke earlier. the The Minecraft project with Netflix is still on. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's part of the contract. They're going to finish that off. Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to port that over to Netflix. But. Um, I mean, that's yeah. They've made a mark on. On uh, video games, the last few years, ever since uh, the first Walking Dead season one came out, I mean they had that Jurassic Park game, but it was just okay. I mean it was just you had to be a fan of Jurassic Park to to get through the whole thing. And yeah, you can that's where they were starting to get the idea of their f- formula. Yeah, and then Walking Dead, they they pretty much nailed it. Yes, I mean it was still kind of puzzly points but um what was the game after that was it a wolf wolf among us wasn't one after that they did Wait. they did the wolf among us and did well, they do back to the future or did somebody else do they that? did back to future first before that before walking dead yeah and then they had uh because it was still puzzly yeah it was still and it I was remember, very good no, it wasn't very good. I remember trying to help my son play it, and it was – you were very lost in what you were supposed to do next in some parts. Yeah. Like I mean, extremely lost. It, it was like the um, – just like their earlier games. It was very puzzling. Like Game of Thrones, Guardians Sam, of the Galaxy. Sam and Max. Is Sam and Max. Sam and Max is very funny at, at, at points, but it loses its – um, the flow because you can be having a lot of fun and then all of a sudden you just get stomped it's like well it's not very fun now because I have no idea what I'm supposed to do yeah that, that's the problem yeah. with those games yeah games like that can be pretty annoying or like there'll be something you're supposed to move the cursor around to highlight and you can't really visually see it because maybe it's behind something. I don't know. Just But the general gist is you spend time just kind of like moving your cursor just a little bit, <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to get that prompt to come up. There's a few sections. I think there was a section or two like that in The Walking Dead. Uh, probably season two. It seems like I had trouble with that one. And the biggest problem with Telltale, and I've heard other podcasts talking about this, and they're all right. 
these are all biasnesses. None of these are original properties. They don't own these IPs. Yeah, they always have to find another uh, willing partner, and maybe that led to uh, people being skeptical about investing. Maybe that was part of the problem. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Okay. Yeah, you're you're either paying for these rights or you're splitting the shares. You, I mean, if you don't have an original IP, you're 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 banking on somebody else. Maybe. They should have tried to come up with their own property at least once so they can, you know. What about The Wolf Among Us? What was that? Is that based on something? That's based off the comic book Fables, which is an excellent comic book. You should check it out. Fables? Mm-hmm. Why do I think I'm somewhat familiar with that? I don't know, but, but it is a very, very good comic book. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's really good. It's an excellent book. Um, in fact, as a writer, you would be just completely destroyed by when you read it like this is the easiest thing that I should come up with it's, it's, mm, it's nice that good. it's that good you're like jeez um but yeah I mean this is the thing is this so now these episode two as far as I know last I heard is still not out yet some people were actually able to download it on Steam, but they quickly pulled it. And you cannot get Season 2 anywhere. Um, they did put a statement out and said about why it was pulled. I forgot what they said, but no, some people were able, able to play it, some were not. And I think Steam said, go talk to them about it. Because it was at the request of Telltale why they pulled it. Season 2 or Episode 2? Well, Episode 2, I mean. Okay. I, I misspoke. Because say the hard copies of Season 2 would be skyrocketing right now. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Episode 2. I like the Walking Dead games. I mean... There's one moment I really absolutely hate in season two, but oh yeah, where they kill the dog for no reason. Yeah, yeah, they kill the dog just so they can so you can say, oh, I killed a dog. It's like it was cheap. And they did the same cheap thing tactic in, in Minecraft when you killed the pig. Yeah, they, I remember that watching my son play it. Yeah. Which is this is why we're glad that Telltale died. Yeah, you killed the dog. If they didn't kill the dog, guess what? You sons of bitches would be licensed forever. It's your fault, dog killers. Yeah. Me and Paul have a rule in our writing. is Rule one is we write a really good first act. Rule two is no dogs die. <laughs> yeah. Rule three, write an awesome first awesome act. To third a, act. Completely different. Write an awesome first act to a whole other story. Yeah. We're the kings of first acts. Yeah. Write a badass third act. Yeah, we can do pretty good with those. It's that middle section that kills us. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic, there has been 10 major game studios closed in the past 12 months. Visceral Games, they closed October 17th. They put out games like Dead Space and Battlefield Hardline. Um, who is this? Uh, Botanga? 
They closed November 3rd, 2017. They put out Gameplay Giganta. Ruinet Games, November 3rd, 2017. They put out Torchlight, Torchlight 2. Gazillion Entertainment, November 27th, 2017. They put out Marvel Heroes. The Barlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency, February 28th, 2018. They put out Drawn to Death and One Unknown Project, whatever they were working on. Boss Key Productions, May 14th, 2018. They put out Lawbreakers and Radical Heights. Wargaming Seattle, May 24th, 2018. Supreme Commander and Dungeon Scenes. Carbine, September 20th, September 7th, 2018. Wildstar. Capcom Vancouver, September 18th, 2018. They put out Dead Rising. Yeah, and some big studios. Yeah. Dead Space 1 was really, 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 really good. I've never played much of 2 or 3, and I played the Wii Dead Space Extraction, which was pretty pretty good, too. I never finished Dead Space 2, but it was, it was pretty good from what I played. And 3 was... I, I actually never did play 3. I just seem to recall that it moved more into the shooter territory, like, too far. But I don't, I don't know for sure. That's when the microtransactions started. Yeah, well, Dead Space 1 and Dead Space Extraction, I can definitely say are good. I think Extraction is also on PlayStation Network, but I can't swear to that either. Well, Telltale, you did have some good stuff. Wolf Among Us, I think, was still their best title. Batman was going to different places. I don't like your penguin, but it was still good. Uh, yeah. Bye bye, Telltale, you dog killers. Yeah, yeah, you dog slaying sons of bitches. But somebody who likes dogs, Nintendo. They just don't like dinosaurs. No. Christ, they beat the crap out of Yoshi. Who found that out? Punch him right in his skull. Yeah. Tell him, swallow, bitch. Yeah, Nintendo Online. Um, I mean, you get what you pay for. For one, uh, so it's cheap. It's cheap. It's not. It's not bad. But I've only played online. I've only played Fortnite. When I talk, I'm talking about stability so far. My experience. I played Fortnite and I played um, pro wrestling from the NES. Ooh, <laughs> you haven't played anything good. Well, Fortnite's well, popular, but so Fortnite. Played pretty smooth and connecting to someone on my friends list and jumping into their game. I, I'm assuming it sent them a notification of some sort, which shocks me for one. Uh, and then within, a, I don't know, 10 seconds, we were playing against each other. So, And I freaking lost my count out, son of a bitch. Well, from what I've been told... Online should work really well now because if you would have gone to the Splatoon um, games, you would have seen how sad it was the day that Nintendo Online was launching because you would have seen everybody saying that they were losing the ability to play Splatoon because their moms wouldn't let them play <laughs> get Nintendo Online because they can't afford $20 a year. So... 
It was going to be a ghost town. Well, uh, it's only twenty dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like listen, I I would love for all the major gaming services to be free, and I don't know some sort. I mean, they have to have some sort of model to get a little extra revenue. But shit, twenty dollars a year, come on. You got to keep mean, your servers up. The servers have to be maintained. Uh, so tough is the only thing I can say. They I mean, it's just. They said this from the very beginning. Yeah, everybody knew. So And look, PlayStation had PlayStation 3 for free, whatever they call their PlayStation 3 online. I can't remember. But it was free the entire generation. And then when they switched to PlayStation 4, they made you pay for it. Nobody cared. They got yeah. away with it. Why is Nintendo getting crap? I, I I don't know because it's I mean I, listen I I know sometimes I come off as a Nintendo fanboy, <laughs> but like they can do the same thing as another company that gets praised for it, and sometimes they kind of get crapped on for it. Uh, this is something they should have done a while back. They should have been ready for this. Uh, but I mean, hey, you get retro. I mean, you got to look at your retro game access. There's 20 games you have access to when you have that subscription, plus your online ability. That's that's just icing on the cake. You're essentially, in my opinion, paying for the online ability. That's what you're getting. Anything after that is a bonus. Well, <clears throat> let me rephrase that. Cloud saves. Yeah, well, even cloud saves to me is a bonus. I mean, they're fantastic and all, but at 20 freaking dollars a year. Cloud saves are a bonus. <laughs> you know, if it was fifty or sixty, I'd say okay, I expect it maybe or a hundred or something. But for twenty dollars a year, I'll call them a bonus. But I will not call a lack of built-in voice chat into the games <laughs> over their network a bonus. You should be able to connect, play, group, and freaking voice chat uh, within that twenty dollars a year because it don't cost jack shit to send the freaking voice over the internet but whatever that, that should be covered but you gotta go through the stupid app can't you send a, a voice text over Microsoft for free yes Okay. I'm 99% sure that you can send a, the 15 second voice text or voice text voice message VoIP VoIP, VoIP. Um, but I mean but this like We've been saying you, Fortnite can do it for free, right? I mean, yes. not for free, but through the through the um, headset, you don't have to use the app, right? When is Nintendo going to give up on the app? And the app sucks. I haven't used it. How how much of a drag is it? The app, like I brought it up the other day, and it just—I mean, I appreciate that it's extremely simple. But the problem is, is they extremely don't do jack shit. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and the only thing that pops up is game-specific services, Splatoon 2. Hmm. What, what about that, the retro? Is it accessing my – no, it doesn't pop up. Does it? Is it accessing my account and knows what games I have? Like, okay, now I clicked on supported software, and it brought up like Mario Tennis Aces. But I click on that, and nothing happens. If I click on it, it takes me to the game page. But 
Maybe I'm missing something on the Switch. Does it automatically Enter, know what game you're playing? It's Maybe that's what it is. Here it is. How to start voice chat. Enter this app's voice chat screen. That's one. Two is launch your Nintendo Switch software. Enter a game mode that supports voice chat. Three, use this app. Start your voice chat immediately. That's the only thing I can think is it where your account is logged in. Mm-hmm. You have to use your account info, obviously. Maybe it brings it up like that. Like I can click on Splatoon 2, and there, I can't remember what comes up. Is there a party thing that comes up? Some info about my guy. Uh, my stats. Battles in the shop. So, I mean, that's actually pretty neat. But that's the only game that's really doing that. It appears to be. I mean, I've got, I have like 15 games for the Switch, so I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I have to click on something in the game and actually try to connect to that feature to get it. Because I thought they said something about how it would automatically do it. I don't know. But let's, maybe let's talk about this real quick. Cloud saves. Uh, if you cancel Nintendo Online. Your cloud saves if you cancel the last six months. This is straight from their uh, facts. If a Nintendo Switch Online member ex- membership expires, users won't be able to access their save data cloud backups. However, Nintendo will allow users who resubscribe within 180 days to access their previous save data cloud backups. Classic games in NES, Nintendo Switch Online Collection, and the save data for those games will not be removed unless the user chooses to do so manually. Those items are stored locally on the Nintendo Switch system, but cannot be accessed without an active Nintendo Switch Online membership. So you get 60 days to get your save data. I don't remember what... um, Sony's is. I think it's around six months as well. Xbox, I think, is just forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much it costs to store save games, but I know they have a limit on how much data you can have on there. I don't know how much it is. Xbox is pretty much unlimited. Uh, is it one gigabyte? On PlayStation? Something like that. I think it's one gig. I think it is one gig. Might be a little bit more than that. I don't know. I have a terminal PlayStation on to play a game, and I don't know how long. Well, PlayStation, now you can, you're able to download games now for your service. As long as it's in up, I forgot how they actually put it, but basically you're, they're converting PlayStation 2 games now. Uh, and, um, all PlayStation 4 titles that's available for the service. PlayStation 3 games, you still have to stream. But it seems like they're in the midst of uh, conversions. So as long as... I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. So as long as games have been converted, yeah, you're good. So basically, every almost every PlayStation 2 game on the PlayStation... Now, service you can download for PlayStation 2. So it's all in 1080p instead of whatever PlayStation 2 was at 480. 
Um, was it four eighty i? Four eighty i, yeah. But uh, hey, look, it's twenty dollars for Nintendo Online, thirty five, thirty seven dollars for a family for seven people or eight, including yourself. Is that what it is? Is it eight if you include yourself? I believe I think it's eight, but I think it's eight, including yourself. I don't have it right in front of me. So, hey, I mean, for a basic service, twenty bucks, and my experience with just two games, I haven't tried Splatoon yet. Uh, It worked, so whatever. Look, I mean, I got twenty free games that they're NES games, which in the Wii U days and the 3DS were priced five dollars a piece. There's a hundred dollars worth of games right there you have access to, and you're going to get more every month. Yeah, and right now you've got River City Ransom. I mean, shit, that's a really good freaking game, and it's two player. So, and that's one that I mean, a lot of people play, but that's not like Mario Brothers that everybody played. So you may not have ever even seen that game before, and now you get a chance to play it. That's a very very good game. Yeah, Side Bike's good. Mario's clearly good. Donkey Kong is a nice little short burst game. Yeah. No, is so, River City Ransom better than Double Dragon? That's debatable. Definitely would, looks I'll, better. At least that version. It's not yeah. the arcade. I'm going to have to say... Well, it's definitely better than Double Dragon 1, in my opinion, because the two-player is intact. Uh, Double Dragon 2, which I think is better than 3... Everything maybe it's the, yeah, maybe it's the nostalgia bug, but I really enjoyed Double Dragon too. But I did play a lot of River City Ransom back in the day, and it's just a bigger world per se, and you can play smooth you know, too. Yeah, it, it plays super smooth, and you can you can zip across the levels, and the combat is simple and fun. So I'd have to say River City Ransom. I'd rate. I would rank above Double Dragon. I wish they had the ROMs on there, but. Uh. No, whatever. I mean, Double Dragon has got a kick-ass soundtrack, and it's fun. Dude, it is fun. Yeah, you remember that from back in the day. It's got that awesome theme, and just the whole, hey, this dude just walked up and slugged my girlfriend in the spleen. Yeah. <laughs> walked off with her. <laughs> now i got to go rescue her. Um, I beat the shit fight. out of everybody that gets in my way. And for some reason, you got to fight your brother at the end of the game. Makes no sense. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go with River City Ransom. So our retro game of the week is <laughs> River City Ransom. Um, you can increase your abilities. You can buy the food, like heal yourself, get stronger. There's different moves. There's you know you can pick stuff up and throw it and use weapons like you could in uh, um, Double Dragon. Double Dragon, yeah. but you know it's it's just a really good freaking game. If you've never played. River City Ransom, you have a Switch and you're going to subscribe to it, then you have got a freaking sweet-ass game right off Jump Street. Uh, if you're a guy that you know maybe likes to try a game out but doesn't want to download an illegal ROM before you buy a cart because you're a collector, I mean, you might save yourself 20 bucks if you don't like it because that game, I think it runs like 20 to 25 bucks for the cart. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a great game. Uh, Sony Crossplay. 
Uh, on Tuesday, Sony finally announced and enabled uh, cro- console cost- crossplay, not cosplay, that's something completely different, for PlayStation 4 to launch of a beta test, beta test for Fortnite. Worldwide Studios Chairman Sean Layden was on PlayStation Blogcast episode 308, and he outlined the challenges Sony faced enabling crossplay, pointing to technical business and customer service issues. Quote, we know this is a want, this is a desire, and we want to be able to deliver that in the best way possible. Now, enabling crossplay isn't just about flipping a switch, and there you go. It is a very multi-dimensional kind of attribute or feature. He went on to say, so we had to look at it from a technical point of view. We have to work with our partners from a business point of view. We have to make sure that if we enable this, do we have the right customer service support? Do we have the right messaging out there? Do we have all these different things that you have to get in line? It's a rather ordeal. They have to go in certain order to get them all set up. Of course, as you know, Eurogamer pointed out, Epic flipped the Switch last year and did it. I mean, it's like that. And then Sony, you know, threw a hissy fit. So, I mean, they were able to flip a Switch. Then they said, oh, sorry, you know, that 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 was just a you know, test that we were doing. and It wasn't actually supposed to be released. So they, they proved it could be done. I think that uh, Sony is full of shit. Yeah, I think that somebody said, you know what? One of the hottest IPs around right now is crossplay between Xbox, PC, and freaking Nintendo, <laughs> and we are not there. <laughs> so Nintendo was ahead of somebody for once on something online. Uh, I'd say some investors probably started asking questions. This is the thing. I think. I mean, the game exists. People aren't going to go buy a console specifically. Well, I mean, the hell, I don't know. Fortnite's pretty damn popular. There's going to be a fucking Fortnite Switch bundle. If I'm going to go buy a console to play Switch, or I'm sorry, if I'm going to go play buy a console to play Fortnite, I'm going to play one that gives me the largest player base possible <clears throat> because that means in the future when the player base dwindles, then the system that has the highest current player base that I can access, which, I mean, technically, hell, the PlayStation 4 user base could already have that it does. by itself. Sure okay. It does. But you think, you know, cross-play, I've got all these PC people to play with, i got Nintendo Switch people to play with, and I have Xbox people to play with. So if I play, if I pick it up on any one of those three platforms or go purchase one of those three platforms in order to play it, then I'm probably, you know, the layperson that doesn't sit around and nerd out on this shit like me and you do may not understand that Sony probably has the biggest player base by itself. But I, I, to me, someone's probably thinking, hey, we could probably move some more PS4 consoles if this thing will connect to everything else. Because, I mean, it just seems to me there's some logic to, oh, I can play with these any one of these three, and I can play with all the people that play that game. Well, that's pretty cool. I think I'll just buy this console. So I don't know. You know, or the kid goes home asking his parents for for one. Well, I want it on Xbox, mommy. You know, because I can freaking play with 
everybody on PC and Switch too. So, um, I'm sure it's not Sean that's having these issues. Just like I'm sure there's a lot of things that, like with Nintendo Online, it's not Reggie. It's Japan. Right. Sean probably was dealing with this crap a long time ago. And it's just, this is Japan studio. And Sean's just banging his head against the wall every time he comes from a meeting. <laughs> so. Now, Sony Crossplay, I mean, we're talking about Fortnite. Is this, is this Fortnite specific? Yeah, just, just one game. So it's not going to be like Rocket League then. Is Rocket League? Rocket Leagues don't have cross-play with the other systems, does it? No, I think... I know PC, Xbox, and I think Switch has cross-play. Yes, but not with um, Sony. Not with Sony. This is just the first... Oh, yeah. Console cross-play for PlayStation 4 with launch of a beta test for Fortnite. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously... I mean, it's just, yeah, I've played it. I mean, you look at all the different PCs, I guess, I guess they all have the same basic architecture, but how different is the architecture between an Xbox and a PS4? Now everything's x 60s x86. Exactly. Yeah. You know, last year, I mean, last year, last uh, console generation, you had that cell processor which screwed everything up. Now you're yeah. good to go. Yeah, the cell processor. Yeah. Right now, some some fanboys like, but it has so much more potential than what's even out right now. Oh, he's Whatever. French. What? <laughs> yeah, it is French. <laughs> so that was me trying to have like a fading voice. It didn't work out very well. <laughs> he turned French at the end. Not a voice actor. Um. I don't know. It's it seems like this is um arrogant Sony trying to give away. Not seem so arrogant. Um the one thing I don't have on our notes we should just go ahead and talk about it before we move on. The PlayStation Classic. Did you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. All right. Save your money. (laughs) I mean, the fifth-gen games are like that oddball generation where they just don't age well. And 100 bucks for a PlayStation Mini? Bullshit. What? I'm trying to... What the heck was even the game lineup? They don't even have a fully released game lineup for that last time I looked. No, there's they've only announced five games or something like that. And it's all the pre dual analog games. Yes, that's the other issue. So yeah, I mean I think the the first game that I picked up was uh Was it Resident Evil? Well, yeah, Resident. I'm, yeah, that was the first game I picked up with dual analog. Was Resident Evil? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, the Dual Shock Edition and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the first one I picked up Dual Analog. Okay, the, the games that they have announced so far for the PlayStation Mini Classic, whatever you want to call it, Final Fantasy VII, which everybody's getting that. There's like 800 Final Fantasy games coming out for everything: the Switch and PlayStation Four and Xbox right. and Steam, except for Final Fantasy VIII because apparently I'm the only one that likes that game. Jumping Flash, Ridge Racer Type 4, not Ridge Racer, but 4. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, Jumping Flash could not have aged well. Tekken 3, not Tekken 1. Uh, Wild Arms. That's a good game. Yeah. I had a demo for Wild Arms 3. It was good. And uh, that's, that's the only one that they've announced so far. Well, I don't have Jumping Flash, but I thought that game was shit back in the day. Um. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope it has the sound effect when you turn it on. That was bad. Yes, that's actually my um wallpaper background theme. Whatever theme for my PS4 <laughs> was it the 20th anniversary thing or whatever that you can download and it plays that whenever you fire it up. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, cool. really? Yeah. So every time I turn my PS4 on, I hear that. I would like to have that in the PlayStation 2 background. This merge yeah. everything together. Yeah. Um, I mean, the games that they should have on there would be like Battle Arena Toshinden, Tekken. Um, Warhawk. Warhawk should be on there. Twisted Metal. Yeah, one of those. Destruction Derby. Yeah, Destruction Derby, that was a good one. I remember the first time I wrecked the car in that, and I saw all the particle effects. I was like, oh, my yeah. God. You should... Yeah. As an Alien fan, I'm just going to go ahead and say Alien Trilogy. Yeah, I'm sure they won't mind about M-rated games, so let's just go ahead and put, like, a Mortal Kombat on there. What about Doom? Was there different levels in the PS1 version? I don't remember. There's so many variations in retro consoles on that. Probably one of the... Um, I think there's extra levels or something. Put one of the Crash games on there. Oh, yeah, you have to have Crash Bandicoot, even though I think it's overrated. Yeah, but still, I mean... It's Crash. It's good. I mean, Crash versus Nintendo back in the day, so you have to have it. Okay. Tomb Raider? Yeah, one of the Tomb Raiders. Uh, Mega Man freaking eight. I don't know. I don't yeah, really think. Would... I don't really think about Mega Man. I think about Sony. Right, but he. I mean, he was on there. Yeah, he was on there. But... I, I mean, they could play Mega Man on PlayStation. Yeah, I think I have Mega Man eight for PlayStation. Yeah, the thing was. I mean, there's a lot of good freaking... I mean, obviously, Street Fighter. I mean, come on. <laughs> Street Fighter Alpha 3 or 2 or whatever was on... Whatever showed up on PS1, one of the Alphas or all the Alphas. You know, there's Marvel vs. Capcom. I mean, they could have put one of those on there. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games that would work. Parappa the Rapper? I remember that, man. It was yeah. It was a crazy game. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see the little mini console, uh, but the controller really turns me off. 
because it's just that basic yeah, keypad face buttons. Man, no analog. You don't think they're going to put out a second one, do you? I, I would bet if this one actually sells, yeah. But I don't know. My hot take on it is it's not going to sell. Because the PlayStation brand is super strong. But how powerful is the nostalgia for a PS1? There's a lot I mean, of millennials out there that might you know, want to pick it up. This might be something that is separate from, say, the PS1 retro market. Whereas the people that don't typically think of PS1 and let, you know, they say, oh man, yeah, that was cool. It's not the same as Nintendo, where there's just that intense Nintendo love, and they're like, oh man, I gotta have all the cartridges, so I'm collecting. But I also have to have the NES Classic, and I also have to have this, and I also have to have that. Because the prices just have never went up on the PS1, and guys that were teenagers to play PS1, those are the same guys that's collecting the Nintendo. Because they were 9 and 10 when Nintendo came out, and they were teenagers when PS1 came out. But so many people who were you know, 9 and 10 when the PlayStation 1 came out, this is theirs. Maybe. Yeah. They're all, yeah, and those people should have a little bit of disposable income at this point. I mean, shit, I'm almost 40. So they need to be in their 30s, right? Yeah, yeah they'd have to be in their 30s. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just It might just be that generation just doesn't hit the bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much saturation of PS1 games, too. That's another thing. But some guy think, oh, man, I can have all this for 100 bucks. That might sound like a deal to some guy that's not a collector. Yeah. It depends on what games you're doing. Yeah. Well... Dark Phoenix trailer. I guess we're actually going to get this movie. Yes. And that was a really, really good trailer. I mean, she seems very menacing. She seems very powerful. Uh, The line with Magneto saying, you didn't come here looking for answers, you came here looking for permission, was uh, pretty awesome. Or that approximation of the what he said. Uh, the X-Men costumes or throwbacks, they look a little jakey. <laughs> and I, frankly, just the X-Men costume design and the gear and shit that people wear in that series. And that's all the X-Men movies just always looks off to me, especially Cyclops's freaking visor. I, they just cannot get that right. I don't know why. But regardless, I'll live with it. I don't care. Uh, the movie looks like it's going to be good. It looks like she's going to go to space. So, I think it's probably the best trailer out of the whole freaking... I'd have to sit down and watch all the trailers. But that seems like the best trailer in the Strictly X-Men. Maybe X2 had a better trailer. I'd have to watch it because it's been a long time since I've watched those trailers. June 7th, 2019. So, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited because, like, I like the actress. Uh, oh, shit, what is her name? Sophie Turner? Yeah. Yeah, I like her on Game of Thrones, but I mean, I've not been too hot on her as Jean Grey, but she looks. It's kind of like the Hayden Christensen thing. <laughs> Much more convincing when evil and not saying the word power. <laughs> <laughs> 
power. But anyways, power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, yeah. But I mean, she's, she seems menacing and that's what I like. Menacing and powerful. Well. Oh, the moral conundrum that uh, Professor X is apparently caught up in. Hmm. And Magneto called him out on that. That was that's a good that's a good angle, which I mean that's been played before in the comics, clearly. And uh was it Last Stand? That was one thing that was good about Last Stand, was that little bit of conflict there. One of the few good things about it. But it was so briefly touched on it didn't really matter. Yeah. I think. I've only watched it maybe like one and a half times. Still think they're doing it wrong. Still thinks you should have been the Phoenix for one whole movie so you got used to her and then she should have became, you know, Dark Phoenix for the next one. But maybe with the whole acquisition impending, they're going to have to rush this. That's possible too. I'm really interested to see the future of X-Men now that everything's under one umbrella. Yeah, Marvel seems to be doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, there I have quibbles, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I mean, I just got to look at it like it's the movie universe and not worry about my quibbles. Cuz there's a very certain ending to the Dark Phoenix saga that I just don't feel like we're going to see, but I don't know. Who knows how far they're going to take this movie. I like how on here when you type in Dark Phoenix trailer over on the right again story by John Breyer and Chris Claremont. So Chris got uh, a little story on here. You got credit. You kind of have to. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's. I'll. I if unless they release another trailer, it looks like dog shit. <laughs> I'll. I'll go see that one the opening weekend. I'm not leaving the house, but. You don't. You don't count <laughs> when it comes to to attendance. You don't count. No. Did you, what was the last movie you went and saw? Spider Man. Yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, and what was the last one before that? Wonder Woman, I think. Oh hell, I skipped Wonder Woman. I think I'd leave the house for that. Wonder Woman was one of those things that I kept planning to go see, and just shit kept rolling. And it was like, ah, oh, I can't go this week. I can't go this weekend. And before I knew it, it was out of theaters. So, yeah. I like to tell Transylvania 3. I really wanted to go see it. Yes, I love that series. Shut up. Hmm. Me and the kids love it. Um, plans for Gambit. It is a romantic comedy, technically, kind of. Well, as long as it's kind of. The uh, producer explains, in an interview with IGN, Simon Kinberg, the uh, director and writer on Dark Phoenix, confirmed the movie will adopt a romantic comedy tone due to the nature of Gambit himself. Quote, Deadpool was an R-rated raunchy comedy. Logan was a western. Gambit's going to be a romantic comedy. And New Mutants is a very decidedly a horror film. You know, when I say romantic comedy, I use that term loosely. In the same term that I use the term Western for Logan, loosely, Kinberg said. It's not like they're gunslingers at high noon, Logan. It's just a vibe. And I would say that the vibe of Gambit has a romantic or sex comedy vibe to it. 
while it's also very much a superhero movie with villains and heroes and all the movies they're in. Well, Gambit's definitely kind of a whore. Yes, yes he is. He's definitely a ladies' man. I hope th- I hope the the quote is I hope what he's saying is true that it's just gonna have that flavor I guess uh, that would be a radical departure if it was strictly a <laughs> a uh, romantic comedy but it says it's gonna have some villains and hero stuff so that's gonna be one of those wait and see things and you still think shouting Tatum is gambit is he still on the con on the is he in this one? Yeah, he's still him. He's still Gambit. Uh, I like Channing Tatum. Don't get me wrong. But he really doesn't seem like he's going to pull off Gambit. <laughs> well, if they don't have, ever get to do this movie, Marvel's going to cast somebody else. Yeah, what was the guy? Taylor Kitchener? Or was the one from uh, the X-Men Origins movie, Wolverine? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Taylor Kitchener's his name. I can't. I may be wrong. But that guy was actually uh, terrible at Gambit. <laughs> yeah. But what was the movie? They played the guy that took over Mars or whatever. John. Uh... Oh, it was a box office bomb. I don't remember. John something. They changed the name of it trying to, for whatever reason. There was a big dilemma over them changing the name. There was a big stink made. But anyways... Um, yeah, the Taylor Kitchener John Mars movie. It was actually a lot better than the box office receipts would tell you. Uh, he said, uh, when you look at Gambit, he's a hustler and a womanizer, and we just felt that there was an attitude, a swagger to him that lent itself to romantic comedy. Well, yeah. Masadri, yeah. Um, with regards to, this is from my gene still. With regards to New Mutants, Kimberg confirmed the film has gone into reshoots largely in order to make the film scarier. Referring positive responses to the film's trailer, Kimberg said, quote, audiences really embraced the notion of a superhero movie or a comic book movie that was, in this quarter, a horror film. New Mutants does look good, but I don't think that film's ever coming out. Taylor Kitsch. He was the guy from the first one. Hmm. John Carter was the movie. John Carter from Mars or something like that. Oh, the original yeah. title. The Robert E. Howard. I could tell you, yeah, the Conan guys made Jonan. The original Conan writer was also John Carter, if I'm not mistaken. John Carter from Mars, yeah. 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 It's actually, I actually like that movie. I, started, I think I started reading that book and it's very racist. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm remembering That's, that right. I'm sorry, it's Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, I think yeah. I started reading it. Yeah. yeah, I like that movie. So. Okay. Um, should we do Predator's Last since you're going to spoil it? Can we do the non-spoiler now and then do the spoiler last? Yeah. Okay. Scott saw... Is it called Predator's? The Predator. The Predator, Scott. Non-spoiler. Uh, the non-spoiler would be that, uh, yeah, who's the director? Um, Shane Black 
Right, it's a writer, uh, writer, 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 writer. He has never seen Predator One, even though he starred in it. Was a supporting role. I'm just that's that's your short that's your short answer. It's presently sitting at a 34 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is way higher than it deserves. No, Shane directed this too. Did he direct it too? Mm-hmm. And then um, Fred Decker of Robocop Three fame. Uh, also helped write it, which I know he has some good movies, but they're not his action movies suck. I'm sorry. So, um, movie suffers from over designs and needless uh, changes to the title creature. I mean, yeah, director ba- Corn Hardy, according to no, that's the nun. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, bigger, bigger. Sure. Bigger isn't always better, um, and this movie suffers from that and a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, some really shitty looking makeup effects. Not, or no, let me rephrase that. Not makeup effects, just the makeup they put on the actors. Some of them look fucking orange, hmm. and it's extremely obvious they're wearing makeup. Um, so, yeah, this is it. Was just terrible from start to finish. There was. Uh, about a 20 minute stretch of it that was actually pretty good in my opinion uh, from an action movie perspective and there was lots of funny jokes about naughty bits <laughs> and other than that the movie just absolutely sucks so choppy editing uh, is another thing it suffers from a completely out of place score uh, there's a superhero score that you think you were listening to an Avengers film watching this. Every time the completely unconvincing lead uh, does something. So, terrible, terrible script, terrible score, terrible acting, terrible creature effects, terrible CGI effects, terrible makeup. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's the Predator. Absolutely just dog shit i would have to i'd have to sit down and watch avp requiem (laughs) which is one of my most hated films ever and then sit down and watch predator to decide which one i hate more i let me let me go ahead and just take a step back i hate avpr more because i did find myself enjoying the predator but it was one of those it was kind of like the street fighter thing so bad it's good at parts but at least with street fighter it was so bad it was good from like start to finish this is just so bad it's good in parts but it is terrible with one of the stupidest endings there's no other word for it except stupid since uh, in movie history and an extremely ham-fisted message there you go that's a short version. Or the non-spoiler version. <laughs> well. Uh, you also hated the Rob Zombie Halloween, which I told you before it was bad, but you decided to watch it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know sometimes we don't agree. But I also know I've now watched three Rob Zombie movies and hated every minute of it. So I will not be watching. In, wait a minute. 
Did he do Nightmare on Elm Street? No. Remake? Who did that? Uh, I'm not sure, but go ahead. Somebody. Start hating. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm hating. I'm hating. I'm I'm full of haterade. Uh, we, I what? For some reason, Voodoo doesn't have the original Halloween, and we have a new Halloween coming out. My son wants to go see it, but he's never seen the original. He's he has never seen those. So I thought, all right, well, we got to start. And it it wasn't on there, so I was like, well, we'll try the Rob Zombie one. And got smacked full in the face. When my 10-year-old hates your movie, you have done something wrong. Uh, Samuel Bayer. Okay, well, Halloween by Rob Zombie is just... I don't... I mean, H2O is way better. H2O is miles better. There's some cool moments and there is some cool creepiness. Don't get me wrong. But overall, the movie, your, your main... Your heroine... Um, is terrible. The lady portraying her just doesn't cut it. Uh, the acting in the original, don't get me wrong, there's there's some suck acting in the first movie. But this one takes it to whole new levels. The The good thing is, I hope I'm getting his name right, is Max, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Sydow. He's good. And... Uh, Oh my gosh, the guy from uh, Predators, the Mexican guy, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, yeah. His his moments that he's in there are really really good. He's 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 the star. Probably, of the show. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's like his best delivery of lines ever. <laughs> so Machete takes the cake, but you know, the rest of the movie it's just it's just not good. It's not convincing. He, Michael Myers is conveniently weak in scenes involving the heroine, and I, he's he's and like a force of nature otherwise until he's fighting her. Well, instead of being just pure evil, he was just some abused kid and is screwed up. Yeah, and like... That's what that's, made him scary to begin with. He was just pure evil. Yes, yes. and Now he can just be anybody. And he speaks, and you know he you, you they try to make you sympathize for him, and he and I'm totally spoiling this, so I'm saving you on this one, but because this one's been out for a while, but you know like he spares the little girl, and you know it's just it's not Michael Myers, it's some other dude. That's the problem with the, the biggest problem with this movie. The other, I mean, the part about him being abused. It, it, it's a remake for one, so why not just do do it the same way? It's a remake. It's, it's a not really reboot. A reboot. It's a reboot. reboot my butt. And, <laughs> yeah, it's the, a reimagination of the classic horror film. Oh yeah, sure. It sure is. <laughs> uh, it sure isn't. So I mean, it's brutal. It is definitely brutal. Oh, but, well, you didn't see the director's cut where you had the rape scene in the in the um, asylum. Oh Jesus! No, I didn't. No, that's the one I saw. Who gets raped? Michael Myers? Does he rape somebody? Yeah, one of the. Um, who was it? Like when he's a kid, does he no, get raped? No, no, no. It, it's one it's of the. Nurse? No, I think it was. He raped Danny Trejo. One of the. Um, I think it. Oh, I forgot when it was, but it was one of the. 
orderlies was raping somebody. One of one of the inmates. Uh. I can't remember if they were in there with Michael or Michael was leaving or something like that. But yeah, one of the orderlies was raping somebody. I can't remember if Michael kills them or not. I imagine he does. But yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, look. Murder, rape, kill. Murder, rape, kill. That's all Rob Zombie knows how to make. He doesn't do anything else. No, and back to the whole Michael Myers' abuse thing. The opening scene is – like, listen, I speak rough. I, I don't have a problem with cursing, but it was so forced out of the actor delivering the lines, and the writing was so terrible for all the foul language in the first ten minutes – and for all the descriptors of, you know, masturbation, blowjobs, and sex and stuff, it's just like, he just like, here, let's put all these different words in a blender that are filthy, and whatever comes out, we'll freaking put in as dialogue for this. For this. Oh, and it's the stepfather and the daughter? Yeah, it's just oh. that typical, grating, dirty redneck bullshit that Rob Zombie puts in his movies. It's, I, don't, I, I don't like any of the three movies I've watched. And this was the least of them. So the, was, what? This house of a thousand corpses, and uh, the one after that, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, yeah. Do they have moments? Yeah, absolutely. But he can't put a whole film together. I mean, I love Rob Zombie's music. I love the music videos. Yeah. I love the whole act. But as far as him as a director, no. I think he's a competent director. I just think that, well, the, as a writer for a film, writer, 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 yeah, and he gets the job done for the most part as a director. It's the writing. I mean, you can change some things about the characters, but when you look at certain characters, uh, you have to Michael Myers. Core aspect of Michael Myers is like you said; he's just pure evil there doesn't have to be an explanation for him there doesn't have to be sympathy for him you make your heroine the interesting side as far as characterization and human humanizing somebody unfortunately she's just a cardboard cutout mm. so yeah i was extremely disappointed my son actually about 30 to 40 minutes into it was asking me if we could turn it off and like I was close to turning it off. So oh, it was just like, like I appreciate the nudity. Don't get me wrong. But it was just like, oh, well, we haven't had a tit in the movie long enough. Here we go. It's just, it's just thrown together is how it feels on the decision-making process. His best film was The Haunted World of El Super Bisto, though. If you've never seen that. It was based on this comic book. It was an animated film. If, you, if you've never watched that, watch that. Check it out. Yeah. So in the spirit of Halloween coming up in the next month, uh, I thought we would review Halloween with Rob Zombie. I'm sorry I did not review. Well, I mean, there's only there's only one Halloween movie I think I even like. That's the first. But it's been it's probably been 15 years since I've watched the other ones. <sighs> hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I definitely feel like I need my four dollars back. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, it's just like Predators or the Predator. I felt like I needed. I was like, it was, it was bad. I think you should watch Super Elf Beast though. Let's check it out. Yeah, here. Um, All right, uh, we got what? One more item. Yeah. Two and more things. Two more things. Um. Well, the one thing we never talked about a long time ago is when we went and saw Kiss for the first time. Well, you saw Kiss for the first time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they announced that, um, well, I guess a couple days ago, we go, uh, they announced on, do I have a date? No. 9-19. I welcome the link. <clears throat> on 9-19, they announced on... Uh, America's Got Talent, they are going to stop touring. It's called the End of the Road World Tour. It will be a multi-year tour, and they have not announced any dates yet. Of course, I saw their farewell tour back in, like, 2000. So, yeah. this is nothing new for me. No, no idea. Yeah. If I get a chance to go again, I'll go again. I want to take my sons. So, but I really loved the one we went to. It was awesome. I mean, a lot of people don't don't get Kiss. You'll hear them say something like, well, I like, like one or two songs. Well, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of good songs. They have a lot of crap songs. But the whole package is just great. It's just fun. That's what Kiss is. It's fun. So, if you get a chance, I suggest going and watching Kiss because it was epic. I totally would have blown Paul Stanley <laughs> when he flew over top of me on that cable and he was all taut. <laughs> <laughs> was he taut? Straight as an arrow, man, but that dude's got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good freaking concert, man. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm sure my wife wanted some of it too. You had a you had a good year. You had Guns N' Roses and you had Kiss that year. Something you never thought would happen like uh, twenty years thought. prior. Yeah. Yeah, the year before that I thought it was not ever going to happen. I remember talking to my wife all the time, like, man, I would give anything to see like the original guns. When I say the original guns, I mean mostly Axel and Axel Slash. Yeah, I mean, I like the other guys, but I still got most of them. So there we go, right? Yeah, you got four out of five. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, and Kiss. Kiss and Guns was always like, man, I, I mean, dozens of times over the years. I'm like, man, I want to go see Kiss, and I wish that I could go see Guns, but I never thought Guns N' Roses would happen. I thought that shit was done. And you so, saw Kiss and Huntington, and you saw them both in the same year. Yeah, it's like four months apart. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. I seriously don't think I'm going to go see Kiss again. No, that's fine. I mean, I, going, I, how many times have you been? Twice now. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, I got to take my kids. Yes. I mean, I had what? 13th row to see Kiss? Yeah. And when at the end of the show, Gene got on his um, levitating gimmick and he went across the crowd and he was 
right above my head. He looked down straight at me personally and waved at me and nobody else. Waved by. It's like, I don't think it's going to get any better than this. So that's, nope. that's a good way to say goodbye. You know why he looked at you, right? Jew. <laughs> no, he thought Billy Corgan was in the fucking audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had on that one. Oh, did you have a hat on with that one? Yeah. So, yeah, because <laughs> we were at the Guns N' Roses concert walking, and someone goes, hey, it's Billy Corgan, <laughs> which is something that I pick on Paul about. So, yeah, his his once flowing locks are gone. Yeah, I've run t- um, NWA now, so everything yeah. comes around. Yeah. Well, speaking of t- uh, NWA, um, Joked about it early in in the night. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, probably if you listen to this show. Um, oh, Brie Bella kicked the girl right in the freaking face. Yes, she did. Um, on I mean, she busted. Brie, Brie Bella kicked uh, Liv Morgan in the face on Raw. Right, basically, she was doing Daniel Bryan's spot. The uh, yes kicks, where the whole spot is based around you kick someone repeatedly safely. It's a very safe spot. You kick them with your shin and the top of your foot in the chest. And it's a nice loud pop. It it smarts, but it's safe because you're kicking them in the lower part of the chest where you just pat yourself. How the hell can you kick someone right in the face? But somehow she did it twice. The first shot knocked her out, and the second one popped her again. Knocked yeah, her. Two concussions. Knocked her out. Gave her a concussion. After she woke her up, she dragged her ass across the ring by the neck. And then after Liv walked outside. Rode outside the ring, received medical attention. That's the key part in this. They let her get back in the ring and do a spot. Yeah, that was shocking. All of this while WWE is actually, they have already won a concussion lawsuit. That's amazing. I just don't. They uh, normally, I mean, I can't think of any specific examples. So here's just my impression. My impression of something like that happening in a match is the match usually ends pretty quick after that. And the woman who did this is married to, to Mr. Concussion himself, Daniel Bryan. I mean, the minute she kicked her, kicked, yeah, kicked her, and she saw him go down, she said, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're saving the match, and then there's protecting someone's brain. So I guess it only counts if it's Daniel Bryan, right? I suppose. My best, my favorite comment on uh, on YouTube was when someone said, "Well, if Daniel's practicing with Bree at home. No wonder he has so many brain injuries." It's true. Does she have a history of injuring anybody? Um, no, it's just that she's horrible. 
It's like, Brie mode. Woo. It's like, no. It's like, how are these two women, Brie and, and her sister, how, why are they treated like royalty? They both suck. Well, number one, her sister is banging John Cena. Well, at least she was. Eye candy. That's all it is, eye candy. Yeah. It's just, that's amazing. No, I mean, there could be the whole, well, she she picked her up and, and helped her across the rings to, to get her out to safety. You know? Yeah, but then they brought her back. Yeah, they let her back in. See, this is the thing. When I can't remember who Chris Jericho was working. I think it may have been Cesaro. I think the guy... I'm going to get this completely wrong, but... I think Cesaro did like a leapfrog or something, and he... Good lord. <laughs> what was that? That was some fucking Jackie Chan shit. Oh. <laughs> that went fucking... through. Uh, <laughs> that's going to go through. But, uh, that's all right. At least it wasn't porn. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> There's some weird stuff on there. Uh, Cesaro, was, I think, did a leapfrog or, or something, and he blew his knee out or his ankle or something. But Jericho saw that he was hurt. So he's like, well, I don't know how to end this match. I think he went for a pin. I think he may have whispered, kick out. He kicked out at two. So he went to Charles, little Nate, shoved the referee and said, disqualify me. Nate wouldn't do it. He said, he's hurt. Disqualify me. He's like, just kind of stood there like an idiot. And so he shoved him back again real hard. He's like, fucking disqualify me. So he shoved him back. He's like, the fuck are you doing? And so this is all being picked up on audio. He's like, he's fucking hurt. Disqualify me. <laughs> and so finally, little Nate rings the bell and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, hey, asshole, he's fucking hurt. I'm trying to save him. She could have done something like that. Well, another thing that's kind of distressing about it is, okay, I'm not, they probably haven't had training. I mean, that Maybe comes, they have. Yeah, I mean, that comes with like 30 years of wrestling experience this, you know, on the spot. Look, this... But she should be aware of concussions. And here's the thing. She should be. She should have known uh, that probably if you've got someone that you just kicked upside the head and they're they're sluggish, they're not answering you, you probably shouldn't grab them by the neck and drag them around the ring. Because she she had no clue whether she could have blown something in her neck or something. I mean, you know, a disc or anything. So... uh, and, that, I mean, that was, like, my first thought, so I don't know. I mean, this is like us. I'm not in front of a crowd, you know what I'm saying? It's like Trying us to, in the backyard. Did you get that on film? Yeah. ECW. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as long as it looks good. Yeah, that's, that's like the DDT with Daniel. Yeah. Well, the Bellas are horrible. I've never enjoyed watching them. I mean, yeah, they're pretty, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. New Japan's better. Oh, we're just playing. So, uh, 
this is it. We are going to go. That was episode 50. I'm shocked we made it this long. Uh, if you have anything to say to us, uh, what is our Twitter? Scott Paul Show, Twitter. Uh, if you want to email us, we may one day read it. <laughs> ScottPaulShow at gmail.com. Now, Scott is going to spoil the hell out of the Predator. Though, I mean, there's no reason for you to even watch it, so you might as well just stick around for the next part of the show. But, if you don't want to, goodbye. So, that's it. You've been warned. You have been warned. Okay. I felt like I should have been warned when I watched the fucking trailer. But anyways, I also should have been warned when Paul said, Scott, this movie's going to blow. Uh, And you were, in fact, correct for once, in my opinion. I read read the review on uh, Latino Review. Yeah, I should have probably done that. The guy was like, um, everything was set up just to see Olivia Munn naked. (laughs) That was it. And you don't even see her naked, like, so the whole big setup was, oh, she's going to be, she has her clothes off, and you just, like, know she has her clothes off. But anyways, I don't really care if I see Olivia Munn naked or not. The internet's a very powerful tool for seeing lots of women that are either not as attractive to her or more attractive than her naked doing all kinds of perverted things. So anyways. Hello, Reddit. Anyways. Um... Movie starts off, you know, predator ship wrecking and all that, and then they land. It, special forces are getting ready to snipe somebody, and just so conveniently, he's about to blow away the. Wait, where are we at? The beginning of the movie. No, on I mean, Earth. Where at on Earth does it say? Uh, in probably Central or... America or okay. Mexico. He's getting ready to shoot. He's getting ready to shoot someone Latino descent. And just as he's just about to pull the trigger, a spaceship flies overhead and it crashes. So, of course, you know, he kills a couple of people and then he goes and finds the ship. Uh, the Predator kills his partner and he gets all the piece of Predator tech and knocks the Predator unconscious with it. Uh, they capture the Predator. Of course, he screwed up some sort of. He saw too much, so now they're going to imprison him and probably make sure he disappears with your dirty, evil government agency and your dirty, evil government agents. Uh, he gets on a bus with a bunch of people called the Loonies, and he's telling them – everybody's sharing all their funny stories about why they are locked up and going to prison or therapy or wherever the hell they're going. And then, of course, he says, well, I saw an alien, and they make fun of him. So, which is fine. The, the 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 lunatic guys were all actually pretty funny for the most part, even if they did feel a little forced from time to time. Uh, Olivia Munn is a biologist slash Navy SEAL slash model slash whatever they needed her to be. You know, uh, don't know exactly why in the writing she's such an arms expert <laughs> but she's supposed to be a biologist so I'm not saying she can't understand arms but she's pretty badass throughout the film so whatever uh, the predator wakes up and his gear or the restraints are totally inadequate for holding him down 
which really didn't make sense. You think he would use some cables or something. Uh, and he goes on the best sequence of the film. The predator wakes up and escapes and slaughters most of the people in the facility. He ignores those who aren't really a threat to him. Uh, he, the predator uses, you know, human technology. He uses machine guns, whatever, which isn't surprising. They're not stupid. Uh, but, you know, they're trying to, you know, learn about the Predators, get their technology for clearly bad purposes. So the Predator escapes and they go on a big chase scene. And Olivia Munn grabs a pneumatic rifle and is going to shoot him with a tranquilizer dart. And she chases him. And that's how she ends up meeting the hero of the movie whose name doesn't matter. And the name of the actor doesn't really matter. He's not convincing. The character's poorly written. Uh, so anyways... They go and attack the Predator, and the Predator gets away. Uh, before the the hero was turned over to the government agency, um, the evil government agency, he managed to take the Predator's helmet and mail it back to his son, who is autistic or on the spectrum, and he's like a super genius that can figure out patterns and stuff like that. And this kid turns on the Predator helmet and looks at the display and figures out their entire freaking language, basically. He translates it. So, we're at, like, infinite levels of stupidity right now. And, um, so, I want to just lessen the detail on this a little bit, but essentially this kid can figure anything out. He can translate anything. And by the end of the film, he is, like, working for the government, um, translating predator language. He's like seven. So anyways, and they have some really out of place jokes with him saying like foul things, uh, to try to be funny because, you know, it's funny when people on the spectrum say funny things or, or say foul things, right? That's the kind of, that's the level of humor they get with the, with the child. Uh, so you got a really unnecessary, unneeded plot point with the kid. And then you have kind of a, really shitty execution of it on top of it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, there's childhood bullying in a Predator film, and we're told that it's wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is how far off the rails it is, you know. So the Predator escapes, back to that. Predator escapes, and he goes into a high school at some point. That's really interesting, Predator in a high school running around. Uh, because he's chasing the heroes, uh, which you have in this sequence, you have the Predator Hounds and the Super Predators show up. The Predator Hounds are bulletproof until they don't need to be bulletproof. And then they're suddenly not bulletproof, which is also the same to be said of the Super Predators. So they get shot with all kinds of automatic weapons and doesn't phase them. And then, of course... To have a cool scene, you know, the guy walks up and puts a pistol to one's head and blows it away to show how badass he is. So, even though they were bulletproof prior to that. So, and the Predator Hound's design is, I mean, it's terrible. It, it literally, they took a Predator and said, hey, let's make a Predator or a dog. And there's that's your, that's your level of creativity and design. And the effects looked unfinished. Um, all the CGI creatures... Do not look finished at all. They're terrible looking. 
Um, earlier I talked about like the makeup, like Jake Busey and Thomas Jane. They look orange. They got like the Trump effect with their makeup. So, I mean, they just look ridiculous. They just look orange. And you can see like lipstick on Thomas Jane. I don't know what the hell they put on his lips, but it looks like lipstick kind of. Like orange lipstick. So I don't know who it was they hired for the makeup. They need to fire him. Um, the earlier I talked about the score. There literally is this like super superhero theme playing every time you know the humans do something, and it's it's like they were really trying to set this movie up to be like a Marvel type film, uh, except R rated. So, but I mean they just failed miserably in every aspect. The Predator chases him into the high school and they're about to get killed by the Predator because, you know, the Predator catches the hero and picks him up and kind of slowly chokes him instead of just wiping him out like everybody else. And then this this is a recurring theme as the Super Predator will also capture the hero a couple times and just throw him instead of killing him so that he bounces off the ground or a wall or a tree or whatever. But the Super Predator shows up and the Predator's like, oh, shit, got to fight this guy. And the Super Predator fucks him up in a few seconds and rips his head off. So Super Predator's bigger, faster, stronger, and bulletproof and doesn't need the helmet to have all the – I guess he's a cyborg also. So, like, he can – like, when they show his perspective, his point of view, he has, like, the readouts and stuff. You can tell he's got, like, the helmet vision. Uh, so government agents are still tracking – these people down and eventually they catch him at a farm. Uh, and basically the whole plot of predator is that global warming is a thing, which however you feel about that, however you feel about that. But the plot is, is that we are killing ourselves. So the predators need to hurry up and get our genetic material and clone the best and strongest or not clone, but have that, Um, genetic material to make themselves stronger of the strongest, most dangerous humans. So the predators are genetically modifying themselves using human DNA. I'm going to assume alien DNA, uh, whatever other creatures they come across that are super strong. So the predator is no longer a predator. Yeah, you have super predators and cyborg predators and all kinds of different predators because you know the predator is doesn't work apparently, so we got to make bigger, badder predators because that's the only creativity we have in Hollywood. Just make it bigger and badder. Uh, so this predator that the super predator kills is apparently not in agreement with this, and he was originally coming to Earth to help humankind uh, by giving us technology. So, which I'll talk about that in a minute. So, the Super Predator, um, they find out where his ship's at, and there's a cave involved or something. No, there's there's a ravine. The ship's wrecked there. Everybody, for some for whatever reason, ends up there. The Super Predator uh, shows up, kills a bunch of people, and then announces he's going to hunt the hero and everybody through human technology it translates his language when he speaks so he gives him a seven minute head start and he kills off everybody one-on-one and then we have the scene where two of the loonies like sacrifice themselves and they get impaled 
one gets impaled up on a tree limb and the other one's got his guts ripped out. They're looking at each other and they pull their pistols out and they, they time it just right to shoot each other at the same time. And it's just a very forced, very poorly composited scene. Uh, just It was just absolutely terribly done. So the Super Predator gets on a ship and all the loonies die off one by one. And uh, there's one loony left. And I can't remember what the character's name is, but he's the one that constantly is putting a cigarette in his mouth in the movie. And it's like this little bit they're trying to do, kind of like Mac shaving in the first film, except Mac only did it like twice. This guy, like every time you look at him, he's doing this this thing with the cigarette like a hundred times in the movie because we've got to give this guy a quirk so that we can be like the first movie, even though everything else is pretty much not like the first movie. And the Predator is... Um, a super predator, so he's bulletproof until the plot requires him to not be bulletproof, and then suddenly they can shoot him and he dies. Uh, they they fuck him up with regular predator weapons, and then a guy walks up and blows his brains out when he's laying there, pretty much helpless. So, and then the movie ends with uh, this guy has now been promoted, and he looks really like they need to fire the hairdresser too because he looked really stupid in the last scene. And they got this big pod that looks like a cryotube, kind of. And you think, okay, somebody's going to come out of this that's going to be setting it up for a sequel. Maybe we'll have some sort of redeeming thing here. Like, maybe it's Dutch. Who knows? And the little boy translate what's in it. And they say, well, it's a predator killer is what it translates to. It's called the predator killer. So that's the name of this, what ends up being a piece of technology. And apparently the fugitive predator was trying to deliver an Iron Man suit or War Machine suit, but Predator version, uh, to humankind, and it's called the Predator Killer. It's pretty fucking terrible looking. It's, it's absolutely the most over-designed piece of trash fucking exoskeleton armored suit that's ever been on film. And that's pretty much Predator. There's more to it. I mean, I laughed a lot. Some of it was because the freaking jokes were funny, and a lot of it was because the movie was terrible. So there's a lot of pointless exposition. There's a lot of scenes of people standing around looking sad and then popping off one-liners. Uh, it's just not even good one-liners sometimes. I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot of trash, a lot of noise, and that's, that's what Predator can be summed up as, a lot of noise. So this is a burn. This is a burn. And in the apocalypse, hunt them down and hang them from a stake. <laughs> Everybody involved. Like I first saw it on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it started out in the 60s. I was like, all right, we're getting somewhere here. And then later it dropped into like the 40s or 30s. I thought, okay, there's some bad publicity going on with – with Predator, and maybe you've you maybe you have some biased critics just kind of going ahead and shitting on it because they don't like the context of the publicity. So maybe maybe the movie itself is okay, and maybe it's just what. No, no, those those people were absolutely correct. That, that had this nothing to do with it. This is a bad movie. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, you know, I it mean, may have that would only have like a that, minimal. Yeah. impact anyways, in my opinion. But there are going to be those people out there that are like, well, I don't like this or I don't like that, so I'm just going to trash everything in the film. 
Um, but there was some bad publicity with it. But I really, I'm shocked that it's got a 34. percent It's is maybe it's the laughter part because if I look at it from a film structure, narrative structure, all that, uh, the school of filmmaking, I guess. It's a very, very, very bad film. If I look at it as a Predator film, it is an absolutely atrocious piece of work. If I can approach it with a, hey, it's so bad, it's good, it's barely passable in that respect. But if you have any appreciation for the Predator or for film, then it suffers greatly. So, in my opinion, I mean, it just... Ugh. So, the... the if you would go in order, it would be Predator 1, Predator 2, and the one with Adrian Brody. Yeah, and I like that film. I thought that was a, a good film. I yeah. still haven't seen that one. Yeah, I mean, it's not Predator 1, but that's, I think it's a good movie overall. Predator 1 is just a badass film, regardless. Yes, it's 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 action movie slash horror perfection. I mean, it's suspenseful. It's, you know, the one-liners. I mean, they're in there, but, I mean, there's not like 500 of them. <laughs> you stick know. around. Yeah, stick yeah. around. Knock, knock. You know. Knock, knock. <laughs> but when it comes down to Arnold fighting the Predator, I mean. It's 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 realistic. It's That's, Yeah, it's, yeah. Dra- it's dramatic at that point. The only point that it's an 80s action movie is when he's fighting the South American gorillas, which yeah. is like every '80s action movie ever. Uh, before that, yeah, it's Commando when he's that, doing that. Yeah. yeah, before that and after that, it is a very dramatic, suspenseful film. Yeah, there's a sense of yeah. building dread. You know, less is more is the approach they took at that point. I mean, it's it's a very very well crafted film. Period. Yeah, they Predators, have or the Predator is not. Yeah, it's the subplot. There had to be a reason for them to be there. Yeah. 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 So, but like Arnold saying, you're one ugly motherfucker. I don't think they were trying to make that funny. And I don't think it started out people thinking it was funny. It's like get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. It's it's something that grew later on the human side. Yeah, it's just his, uh, well, you one ugly motherfucker. That is, that was funny it's, it's just uh to get to the choppers is his accent that's just exactly. that funny but yeah but when he's when he when he's laying on the ground and i mean people can bag on arnold but that's like one of the moments in his career that like motherfucker was convincing <laughs> get yeah. the fuck out of here this is yeah. bad you know but like when the you're a one ugly motherfucker i still think yeah it was funny but man it was like his, uh, he was serious when he said it like, yeah, he was seriously like, holy shit, look at this fucking creature. You know, that's what he was getting yeah. at. You know, but it was fucking funny, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, go watch The Predator. I mean, the Predator, if, too, if, if you're if watching. Rock was laying down saying, get to the chopper, it wouldn't be funny. No. No. Because his, yeah. his accent would have been, get to the chopper. But if, you know, yeah. Stallone yeah, would have said it, it would have been funny, too. If creepy moments, yeah. um, you know things like that. Like I said, there's some there's some good things in the Predator. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much bad, so much so much unnecessary, so much trying to add to the mythology in a way that you're actually trying to rip off current franchises and in forcefully inject that into 
the Predator. And that's just, I'm sorry, but it's terrible. Yeah. Bulletproof until it's not needed anymore. That's that's the biggest sin out of the whole film. They besides didn't. that atrocious war machine suit at the end. They can't, there's not one point you can think of why he was not bulletproof in for a reason. Just... I, I mean, I did pay attention. I mean, I was riveted with how terrible it was. Well, uh, I know I know they said that they did reshoots, but the reason why they did reshoots was because <clears> they the the scenes they shot they originally shot in daylight, and they thought, well, we need to go back and shoot those at night because it right. seems more scarier. Maybe they screwed something up. The CGI was not finished in those scenes. The, mm. the, at the end of the movie, very clearly, the Predator, you would have to see it to believe it, how bad it was. It was almost like Sci-Fi Channel CGI at a couple points. Don't you dare Actually, talk bad about Sharknado. The, the blood effects and stuff like that were definitely Sci-Fi level. When two Predators die, you're talking Sci-Fi level CGI. Mm. And... The Fugitive Predator was actually pretty epic. Everything else was just absolute trash. And I'm sure some people might say, well, you know, man, it's because he was closest to what you think of as a Predator. It's like, no, he was interesting because you're trying to figure out, well, what's making him go? Why is he doing this? And, you know, when he goes all badass and starts slaughtering people, it's not like he's using like a bunch of big ninja moves. I mean, yeah, you can tell it's kind of like the first Predator when he beats up Arnold. If you pay attention to the infrared scenes, you see that he's actually throwing like elbow strikes and knee strikes, and the Predator's trained in hand-to-hand combat. And this one's kind of the same. I mean, he's not like pulling off a bunch of ninja moves, but he knows what the hell he's doing. He's a trained killer, and it, it, it's suspenseful. Uh, it's very. I mean, it was a good scene, but the rest of it is just. Mm. The Predator Hounds, like I said, they got shot to shit. <laughs> and then the guy walks up and shoots one in the head. And it drops. It was like, what the hell? You know, you 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 shot the hell out of him, close range, and it didn't phase him. But because we want to get this, oh, look how cool I am, now suddenly you can shoot in the head. Which also lobotomizes that Predator Hound, and it becomes their pet. Uh-uh, What? Yes, he lobotomizes the predator hound when he shoots it, and it suddenly becomes their little pet and protective of him. So you shoot him in the head, and it becomes a pet? Well, apparently his bullet hit it in the right spot in the brain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it saves their ass a couple times. (laughs) And pukes up a grenade at at a convenient moment later in the movie so they can kill the big predator. So are they, they're not actually, um, are they cybernetic or are they actually just predator predators? They're flesh and blood. Well, I mean, he's flesh and blood, but like he has like a exoskeleton, basically hardened skin. And that's what makes me think, well, maybe he's got a little bit of like alien DNA or something in him. Cause I mean, I know. I know they're not exactly bulletproof, but they're bullet resistant to certain types of firearms in the movies. And I thought, well, maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah, the super predator is is armored. Uh, bullets clearly bounce off from him, and he just keeps coming. And then all of a sudden, he's vulnerable to a headshot after he's been shot to shit by his own technology. Well, yeah, yeah I, 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 that, that makes sense. 
We've well, yeah, seen but they didn't, sh- they didn't shoot him in the fucking head. <laughs> well, I mean, they, if, they if blew his own... fucking arms and legs off. He's all Anakin Skywalker laying right. there, and all of a sudden, a fucking 9mm pistol is fucking fatal as shit to his face. Okay, that makes no sense. I mean, if our it technology doesn't, make... doesn't work against him, his own technology does, and I can, I can kind of... I can buy that. that. I can yeah. buy that, but then our own technology will shoot him in the head. That doesn't make any sense. Why yeah, all of a sudden they, does it work? They, and then they had to make a fucking um, unless his his barrier broke down. Somehow. Well, yeah, and if they would have communicated that somehow, that'd be fine. But they didn't. So this movie is shit. Oh, dude, it's bad. Oh, you know how like Aquaman like leaps and goes woo and all that stuff and. Then, you know the, the the whatever the hell he's doing, the Geronimo yell he does. Well, they're on the ship. On Please the tell me the predator does it. No, no, <laughs> no, they're on the predator ship, right? And you got a couple of the loonies left, and they're trying to get inside the ship, but the ship's trying to take off. So one guy um, gets cut in two by the energy shield when it turns on. So the hero is laying close to the hull of the ship so the energy shield's above him so it doesn't harm him. And the other guy jumped. So he landed on top of the energy shield. So he didn't get cut in two, but he has nowhere to go, but they're getting ready to fly into space. So he looks at the fucking intake of the uh, Predator's ship and decides he's going to blow it up by leaping into it and giving this like – like he's going to smile like, I'm getting ready to die. Fuck you. Yes, yes, and then leaps into it. It's just – it was a there was I mean if he would have given like a solemn look or like oh shit I'm dead anyway kind of deal but no it was just like a big joke like oh, I gotta put my cigarette out one more time and dive into the intake and die happily it just I got to laugh because I know I'm gonna die why maybe yeah, he's a Detroit Rock City fan <laughs> maybe but yeah Predators Predator is pretty bad I'll probably watch it again when it comes out on the tape though maybe we can do a uh, riff tracks to it. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the fanboy in me. I just want to burn every copy in existence, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just got to watch it again. I got to see it again just so I can believe what I saw the first time. <laughs> but the unfinished CGI and all the other bullshit with it, you know, Shane Black needs to hang it the hell up. Yeah. Iron Man three was shit. This movie's shit. Well, Iron Man three was good until he met the kid. Well, that's this 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 whole movie was him meeting a kid. Huh? This whole movie was bad. Yeah, the kid was unnecessary. But we got the anti-bullying message, and you know, there's a lot of visual gags in this movie, and that was the other thing. That you, I don't know. It just it just doesn't have the atmosphere right. That's for one. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't make. I mean, this if they would have made the predator just hunting the people, that would have been the fourth mainline predator film doing that. But I can see trying to do something different in that respect because you've already had three films that covered that part of it. But you still have to have quality, and there's no quality to what they did except bad. Hmm. So, yeah, avoid this movie at all costs. All right. Unless you just like movies that are bad. And there's, there is an audience for that. Yes, I mean, I, like I say, I love Street Fighter. I know it's a terrible movie. The first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, this is bullshit. Fuck Hollywood, yada, yada, yada. And then like 10 years later, I watched it again. I was like, I love every minute of it. 
Oh, you're talking about Jean-Claude Street. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Raul Julia. No, I'm talking about Raul Julia's Street Fighter. Yeah, okay. Not Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's Raul Julia's Street Fighter. He was awesome as uh, Bison. Yes. It was just fucking great. Yeah, when that was traveled halfway across the world to come and engage me in Mortal Kombat. Blah, 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 whatever it says. But for me... It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and he snaps that fucker's neck. Uh, my son quotes that scene to me all the time. So, yeah. And next, I'll make you a dead man. You know, there's a lot yeah. of good shit in Van Damme in that movie, too. Yeah. yeah, when he was first announced, I thought that was a horrible idea because we wanted the, the physical looks. That's what we were going for back then. But man, he played that part perfect. Yeah, yeah. Too bad Van Damme didn't knock Guile out of the park. Yeah. Or, you know, the guy that should have been playing Johnny fucking Cage, but whatever. Yeah. 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 They, they would have write that movie around Johnny Cage because Van Damme still had star power then. Yeah, let's, let's cast the guy, the uh, muscles from Brussels, to play the ultimate American soldier. Yeah. Oh, well. The super thick Belgian Frenchy accent. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be on Street Fighter for about three hours if we don't stop now. Let's but, stop now. Let's uh, not talk about the greatest fucking film ever made. <laughs> yes, well, okay. That's it, kids. Well, we'll be back with episode 51 one day. Goodbye. The Street Fighter movie episode. Yes. Yes. Goodbye. Bye.